I was up there and I was like, it's beautiful. It was like heaven on earth. And all of a sudden I was like thinking about the narcissist and I just thought, oh my God, no, I'm here with my family on vacation and this is like not okay. You know, it's one thing to be thinking about narcissism whenever in your, in your regular life, but not on vacation. It just was like so stark to me. And I realized that if I am allowing these thoughts, then I am in victim mode. I am not in creation mode. I am not being my highest self. I am not allowing myself to be the best self that I can be. Rebecca Zung speaks to the power of resilience in her entrepreneurista journey. Originally dropping out of college to raise her family, Rebecca pivoted to law school when she got a divorce and is now regarded as one of the top 1% of divorce attorneys in the nation. Her experiences with narcissists led her down a path of worry and exhaustion until a mountaintop in Hawaii convinced her to let it all go. She now teaches courses and has written best-selling books about her experience. You're about to hear how aha moments in Rebecca's career kickstarted her most successful steps and how she's seen growth through publishing and YouTube and why she says the key to business is that you simply can't do it alone. Coming up, how pivotal experiences can shape your entrepreneurial journey. Rebecca shares her secrets to negotiating with narcissists, victim mode versus creation mode, and the power in choosing between them. Rebecca shares her YouTube secrets that have helped her reach over 1.5 million views per month. And she shares a peek behind the curtain at the book publishing process. This is the Entreprenista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Rebecca, I am so excited to finally sit down and have a conversation with you. You are a true entrepreneurista, and I can't wait to hear all about your journey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You are such a superstar. I loved having you on my podcast and watching. Uh, you are such a, a shining rock star yourself. So, oh, thank you, Rebecca. I know it's fun to turn the tables now. So you you had your chance with me, and now now my chance to to hear all about your story because I know our entrepreneurs are going to learn so much from you, and you have accomplished so much in your career and are such an inspiration. So I would love to hear a little bit about your career journey. What made you initially decide to go to law school? Well, I got married at 19 the first time. I, you know, it's crazy because I, my dad's Chinese, my mom's German. So I always joke that I have no fun genes whatsoever. <laughs> it was all like very, you know, work hard. And so I, I graduated second in my class from high school. And then like my version of rebelling was, oh, well, let's get married at 19 and have three kids by the time I'm 22. And then I found myself divorced. I, I was teaching elementary school and in inner city 
Fort Lauderdale and got divorced and I had these three little babies and I didn't want to take the route of being like a principal or, you know, administration in elementary school. And so I decided to go to law school. University of Miami had a night program and you know, law school is one of the few advanced degrees that you do, you don't need any kind of prerequisites. All you need is a bachelor's. Plus, you know, being a daughter of a Chinese doc, you know, doctor and lawyer were really pretty much the only two acceptable careers anyway. And so all I had to do was take the LSAT and apply and, you know, I could go to night school. And I did have a very supportive ex-husband. So he would watch the kids at night. So I was teaching school during the day. I would take care of the kids in the afternoon, feed them dinner, do baseball, soccer, ballet, all the things, go to school at night. And, uh, you know, I was still pretty young. I was still like in my twenties, you know, I was still pretty young. And so I was able to do that study till two in the morning. And yeah, I met my husband in law school actually. And we have now been married for 21 years and we have a 19 year old daughter together. So that's how I ended up in law school. It was like survival to me at the time. I was, you know, how do I put food on my kid's table and a roof over our heads basically? No, absolutely. And I think it goes to show, and I I was talking about this with another entrepreneur recently, just like the power of resilience. And I think that is the key trait of a successful entrepreneurista is being able to, you know, go with the ups and downs and keep going and figuring out a solution to move forward. And I can't even imagine, you know, being that young and having three kids and doing all that you were doing and going to school and managing everything. It is definitely not easy. So commend you for that. Looking back now, you know, thinking about how you were able to manage all of that so young with these kids, navigating a divorce, navigating, going to law school. Do you look back now and you're like, how did I, how did I do that? Yeah. You know, and the kids are such great kids. I mean, we really all grew up together. My older kids and I, we really grew up together. They're really good kids. I mean, I'm very lucky. Tell me what's next. You graduate from law school and then what? I was very lucky. My husband, who was my boyfriend, was a year ahead of me in school. And so he got a job in Naples, Florida, as a prosecutor. And so I had, while I was still in law school, at my third year of law school, I was um, at a dinner, a prosecutor's dinner with him. And I met this woman who was also half Chinese, and she had also had three children. She'd also been divorced and she'd had all like all these things that were sort of just like me, but she was one of the top family law attorneys in the country and had this amazing practice. And she was representing billionaires and celebrities and had this massive, huge practice. And she invited me to come work for her. So I had thought that I wanted to be like a business lawyer or something like that, but she convinced me to come work with her. And that's how I got started as a divorce lawyer. I really started working for her while I was still in law school. And that's how my journey began as a divorce lawyer. Did you say you met her at a dinner, like a networking dinner? Networking dinner while I was still in law school. My husband was a prosecutor. He was appearing in front of this one particular judge on a regular basis. He was his, it was his first year of working and I was still in law school. 
And this woman was married to that judge. So we happened to sit at the dinner with them. I think so much of, you know, business success is about putting yourself at the right place at at the right time and being willing to put yourself out there and develop real meaningful connections. Can you share any tips just about, you know, networking and how you were able to grow your network over the years to get yourself in, in the right position to, to set you up for success? Yeah. You just never know. You know, there's a book by Wayne Dyer called I can see clearly now. And he talks about how in each of those chapters, he talks about how that he could see clearly that there were certain moments in his life that actually pivoted his entire life. And I love that book because he looks back on his life and says, oh, that moment pivoted my life and that moment pivoted my life. And I talk about that dinner, like that dinner completely changed my life. And you just never know when you're going to go to a dinner or a cocktail or, or meet this person, or like, you know, you and I are having this podcast. We never know like when a podcast or a thing is going to change your life or meeting a person is going to change your life. And it could be a thing that you, you don't necessarily love, you know, or having something happen to you that you don't necessarily love, you know, I mean, I talk about how I had experiences with narcissists and it wasn't like the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I mean, you you think that it's like the most awful thing that happens to you. And then sometimes it ends up being kind of like the best thing that happens to you because you end up doing things or something, you know, that it becomes something where, you know, I'm I'm now impacting people in, in a much greater way because of it. So I think when you decide to network, when you decide to put yourself out there, when you decide to join something like Entrepreneurista and you connect with other people, it's all about finding that moment that, wow, that's the thing that actually pivots you, that actually changes your life. You know, you just never know. Absolutely. So let's talk about that moment for you. And I remember when we chatted before you shared this story with me about your experience with a narcissist, and now it's become really your, your whole framework and business, but can you share that story with us and tell me, you know, how you turned that pretty awful experience into now a booming business and career? Yeah. It's just so crazy how you just never know. Right. I mean, I had a very wonderful career. I was blessed to have a a great career as a lawyer. I had this career with that woman I was telling you about. I worked for her and I worked for um, her partner for a long time. And then I branched out. I had my own practice, which I grew to be very successful. And then I decided I wanted to do other things. So about four, four and a half years ago, I decided to merge my practice with to other guys. And I decided, okay, I'm going to do some other things. I had written a book. I had done some television and done some other things. And I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to do some other things. And then, you know, I decided to do some entrepreneurial things. And, and one of the things that I had done, I had decided to partner with somebody and this person turned out to be a covert narcissist. And I never knew what that term was. And I never even knew that a narcissist could be a female. 
And I thought narcissists were always male for one thing. And I thought that narcissists were always big, loud mouth people. I mean, I just, I don't know. To me, I never really put that much thought into narcissist, the word narcissist, to be honest with you. But then somebody pointed out that not only was this person a narcissist, but also um, my husband and I were dealing with somebody in our family that was also a covert narcissist. And a psychologist friend of ours pointed out this term covert narcissist to us. So I started doing research on this term and I was just, my mind was just completely blown about this. And I just was absolutely obsessed then. I became this researcher and started studying this and I read all these books on it. And I had already been an expert on negotiation. I had been lecturing on negotiation for 15 years or more. I had been the keynote speaker for the American Bar Association. I had spoken to more than 400 women as a keynote for Elevate. I had spoken literally all over the country on negotiation. I had written tons and tons of articles on it. And so I already knew about negotiation. I just really didn't know that much about narcissism. So I started, I was still practicing law at the time. And so I started applying this to narcissists and, you know, what I was learning about narcissists, what I knew about negotiation, and I started seeing movement in my cases. And the whole experience became very, very eye-opening to me. And, you know, it was really one of the worst, most traumatic things ever for me personally. But then I was able to get out of that situation <laughs> and turn it around. And I started talking about it on YouTube and I created a whole new business out of it. And I now teach on it, lecture on it. I have a, a digital course business on it. I don't even practice law anymore. That's all I do now is, is this, I have a whole brand new business around it. That is super exciting and inspiring how you were able to take this not great personal situation and turn it into this booming business. And I feel like as entrepreneurs, so many of us, you know, have problems or things that are going on in our lives. And we, you know, have that aha moment or like, oh, I can create a solution to this. And that's exactly what, what you've done. And I'm excited to dive deeper into how you have now built out courses and books and your YouTube channel. So let's talk about it. Yeah. Rebecca, I would love to hear about the aha moment you had to now start this new venture. Can you tell me about that moment in that day? Yeah, I was on vacation with my family and we were at the top of the mountain in Maui and Haleakala. It's at sunrise and I was up there and I was like, it's beautiful. It was like heaven on earth. And all of a sudden I was like, thinking about the narcissist. And I just thought, oh my God, no, I don't want, I'm here with my family on vacation and this is like not okay. 
You know, it's one thing to be thinking about narcissism whenever in your in your regular life, but not on vacation. It just was like so stark to me. And I realized that if I am allowing these thoughts, then I am in victim mode. I am not in creation mode. I am not being my highest self. I am not allowing myself to be the best self that I can be. And so I just, I really, really made a choice in that moment that I'm not allowing that anymore. And so I decided that I'm getting out of that business relationship for sure. And I'm just, I'm not allowing that space. I, I, I made a decision. I just made a decision that that is not okay. So I came down from that mountain with complete resolve that, no, 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 no. Like that's not okay. You know, and so such a huge power of redemptive power in, in decision, in, in just that choice. And I just want everybody to know, like you have a choice, like there is a redemptive power in decision. And so I came down from that mountain. I made a choice. I wrote the book, Negotiate Like You Matter, like as soon as I got back. And I wrote it in like three weeks. I sent it out for testimonials to all kinds of people. One of the people I sent it out to was Robert Shapiro. I did not know him. People make the assumption I did. I did not know him. I asked him for a testimonial. He actually said, call me. I called him. He offered to write the foreword for the book. And he did. So magic started to happen. And so from there, I started making YouTube videos, which, you know, it hasn't even been two years uh, since I started my YouTube channel. And I now get about a million and a half views a month on my YouTube. And I, I just went over 250,000 subscribers last week. So Congrats. yeah, so, you know, magic has really happened and I sold, you know, a a couple million dollars worth of, um, of my courses in two years. So it's, it's really been magic since, since I made that, that decision on that mountain. So we all, we all have to go up to that mountain, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, creation mode, I've yes. made, I, I made a decision to get out of victim mode. Yep. I always say not making a decision is actually making a decision because yeah. you're choosing not to make a decision. So I love that. I, I feel like we have so many things to break down that you just shared. And first of all, congratulations, because of course you just made it sound super easy. All of that just happened over the past two and a half years, but I know all of the work that goes on behind the scenes to write a book and create courses and build a YouTube channel. So let's talk about a few of those things that you have been able to accomplish so quickly over the past few years. So I know a lot of our entrepreneurs have a vision or a dream to write a book one day. And you just shared that you were able to write your book in three weeks, which is very quick, obviously, as I'm sure you know. Um, can you share some of the tips or tactics that you use to be able to get organized to write your book so quickly? And then, you know, what did you do next to, to really get it out there? Well, for that book, I self-published. I mean, I had, okay. I had somebody who was already lined up that was like a kind of a hybrid. And that book, I have to be honest, I had already started it. Okay. 
Yeah. So that one was already started and, you know, so I, I just needed to finish it. So that, that mount, the mountaintop day gave you that oomph to finish the yeah. book and, and yes. get it out there. Yeah. yeah. So any tips just for book writing in general, because I know this isn't the only, the only book that and, was the and second cons- one. Yeah. The best advice I can give for writing a book is, um, having the outline, the hardest thing for me when I've written the, the two books that I've written, and I have a third one that's coming now is just getting that the structure of it. You know, once you have the structure, the outline, you kind of know how it's going to look, then you can just fill it in. The hardest part for me is just that, you know, like for my first book, for example, Breaking Free, you know, it's just sort of figuring out, okay, how do I want it to look? What do I want it to Uh, I knew I wanted emotional, physical, and spiritual. I knew I wanted to kind of hit all aspects of the divorce because I knew I wanted to kind of talk about the divorce part of it itself, you know, like the actual divorce. But I I knew I wanted to also talk about the emotional part of divorce, the fear, the anger, you know, because most people, you, you can't separate those things, right? But I also knew I wanted to talk about the spiritual part, which to me is not necessarily spirit, meaning God, but more like your spirit, your passion, your, you know, freeing your, your spirit, your, that part of yourself. Right. But I I wasn't quite sure how I wanted to set it up. And I just happened to see Oprah Winfrey interviewing Rick Warren. And he was talking about, she was saying, oh, you know, there's more copies of the purpose driven life has sold than, than the Bible or something like that. So I was like, oh, I need to see this book. And so I saw that he had written it out in like 40 um, chapters or something. And I was like, oh, okay. I I think I'm going to do it like that. So I did it in like 45 days. And so that's how I broke broke down my book. And once I figured out how I wanted to do the structure, then it was much easier for me. And what was the self-publishing process like? Did you work with someone that you knew to help you put everything together? So the first one I didn't, the first one I used Create Space, which was Amazon's publishing arm at the time. Um, I just hired an, uh, an editor to edit it the first time. The the second one, I used a publishing company that was like helped you self-publish and they had their own, like all that themselves. Um, This third one, I actually have an agent um, who's pitching it to um, the top five publishing houses. You know, we're going through the, the traditional route. So you can do any of those. I will now have done all of the versions. Oh yeah, I can't I can't wait to see what happens there. And actually one of our past podcast guests, Judith Kerr, she is one of the heads at HarperCollins. So if you want us to connect you with her, if you're speaking with them, happy to happy oh, to that share. Would be great. And she is yes. a wonderful past episode of the podcast and she's a fabulous friend of Entrepreneurista. So happy to oh, happy to connect you to yes, her as maybe well. Maybe we should talk after this. Yeah. See, all, all the fun networking happens live while we're recording, yes, right? right here <laughs> we are doing it right here. Yes, yes, yes. That's why you have to speak what you're looking for, put things out into the universe. And you never know who, <laughs> who has a connection there. 
So I want to hear a little bit about the launch of your YouTube channel, because so many people, you know, set up and start YouTube channels. And, you know, many of our goals when starting a YouTube channel is to get views, get people on your platform, but it is not easy. And it takes a lot of work creating a lot of content. There's a lot of, um, you know, backend work that is involved in optimizing YouTube videos. So can you share a little bit about, you know, the learning curve? on YouTube, what's worked for you, what hasn't worked for you, any little tips and tricks you can share? Yeah. So the thing that people have to understand about YouTube, and I think the biggest thing that people make a mistake about with YouTube is they treat YouTube as if it's another social media and it's not social media. YouTube is a search engine. It is first and foremost, a search engine. It's not social media in the sense that it's not like Facebook and Instagram where you just stick, you throw up a post. It's really like Google. It's, you know, you have to think of it as like search engine optimization. The difference is that when you put something up on Instagram a week later, certainly a month later, nobody's going to go back and look at that post. It's gone really forever. I mean, maybe somebody might go and look at an old post or whatever, but for the most part, it's pretty much gone. Whereas with a video, if you have done the search engine optimization properly, it could last forever. And you know that when somebody was typing something into Google, you know, let's just say, you know, it's how to set up, I don't know, a, um, an overnight oats company or something. I don't know. Even if it's two years from now, that video, if it's, if it's optimized properly, will pop up. Google will show it because Google will show not only the, re the results for Google, but it will show the video results as well. And so it's 24-7 free traffic. So it's great for business. It is great for business. So that is what I learned. I actually learned how to do the, the keywords, the optimization, but you really, really have to, to learn how to do it the right way because I don't know what the numbers are anymore, but you know, hundreds of millions or I don't know, many, many videos are being posted at a time on YouTube and you will sink to the bottom of the pool if you don't know what you're doing. How did you learn everything? Did you teach yourself? Did you watch YouTube videos? Did you hire a company? I, you know, I literally took a course. I don't know this woman. I don't know. Um, I don't get anything from it, but I took a course called YouTube for bosses and I literally sat there and did everything that it said to do. And, you know, you do keywords and all of that. Like I, that's what I did. Did you start with your YouTube channel first and you built your audience there and then you launched courses? What was your process? Kind of a, all around the same time. When I launched my course, I had a thousand subscribers. I did not have very many. I, I, you know, I launched my course on March 11th, 2020. 
Wow. And I went over 1000 subscribers on YouTube on March 3rd, 2020. All around the same time, for really sure. the same time. Yeah. And what for your courses, do you have any recommendations for platforms that you're using now or platforms that you've tried that have worked for you that haven't worked for you? Cause I know a lot of our entrepreneurs are thinking about launching courses and looking for, for the best tech stack. <laughs> Yeah. So I use, as far as tech stack goes, I use pretty much ClickFunnels. I also use Kajabi. I use both. You know, I kind of go back and forth between both. You know, um, the only reason I use both is because I started with ClickFunnels. So a lot of my stuff is already on ClickFunnels. Some of my stuff has been also built out in Kajabi. Kajabi is like a little bit prettier. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit nicer for the, um, the user, but ClickFunnels is a little bit more functional. I think, I think you, you still need ClickFunnels personally. I use active campaign for my, my CRM. I think you have to have active campaign. It's, it's a really smart for your emails. Do you have a team that's helping you now? Oh Yeah. I have tell, to tell, tell me about your team and when you were able to, cause you started everything yourself and then clearly brought on other people to help you. I have to have a team. I have, I get a lot of emails and DMS every single day. I have a million and a half views a month on my YouTube. So, um, I have two VAs in the Philippines and that all they do all day long is respond to my emails. And then I still have a social media manager as well who helps with that. I mean, it's a lot to keep up with um, all of the inquiries we get because, you know, I, I mean, I'm trying to make sure that everybody gets a personal response every day, you know, and timely also. It's not always easy. On top of that, there's a lot of just making sure that everybody's who has issues with logins or access or password problems, or there's tech issues. So we still have a tech team to help with issues with that. And then I have, I just hired a COO to help me. I was, I didn't have a COO, which was an insane, but I do now, you know, it just making that transition was hard for me because it, I exploded very quickly. And so it was much faster than I realized was happening. I, I have 130,000 on my email list and I have 80,000 people in my Facebook group. It's definitely a testament to obviously the amazing content that you're creating is super valuable, of course, otherwise people would not be subscribing and, and watching your content. So I think that is the, the first step when building everything is you have to create content that people genuinely want to consume. But then as you've just shared, you know, building out your whole team and all of the tech and customer service and community management and social media, you've now launched this huge business very quickly over the past two years. Is there anything that you know now that you wish you knew when you first started or maybe something that you wish you did even sooner? Um, I don't know. I mean, and then I do, my daughter just joined. My daughter has a uh, master's in 
counseling and a bachelor's in psychology, you know, the daughter that I had when I was 20, <laughs> you know, and she's also taking over the um, Slay Healing and Recovery Program and helping with the, the trauma healing and all of that, because we just, we just started a membership program for my community as well. That's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, we've got a lot going on, but yeah. So what do I wish that I knew? I mean, gosh, Okay. So one of the things I do want to mention about my platforms, we are in the process of probably switching to a platform that's going to be better for serving the communities. You know, we're not loving the platforms as far as like being able to handle the communities, you know, like because we're trying to use Facebook, but Facebook uh, is not the greatest because not yeah. everybody's on Facebook. As what far as what are you switching to? Well, we're in, the, we're looking at apps. We're not, we're not a hundred percent loving what we're seeing yet so far. So we're, you know, we're, we're kind of looking at a couple of, there's some, there's a couple of new ones out there that we're looking at. Have you looked at circle? Well, Circle is a good one. Yeah. We're, we're actually switching to Circle for our Entrepreneurs oh, yeah. community. You know what? I need to write that down. Circle is- I'll, I'll send you, I'll definitely send you the link after the recording. They, they're incredible. The platform is, is better than we've, te- we tested a lot of the community platforms and we're switching to Circle because it definitely is the best community platform with all of the features and everything that they're, they have in the pipeline too. The thing I was looking at passion.io as well, though, because passion, you can have your, your programs on there as well. And you can also gamify your programs. Oh, interesting. Um, which I want to be able to gamify your programs because then you have a better retention rate for your, um, so these, these are the kinds of things that I'm looking at as well, because like experienceify. I don't know if you're familiar with Experienceify, but Experienceify is a platform where you can gamify your programs. If you can gamify your programs, then the, your user get that dopamine hit Mm -hmm. and they're more likely to finish your programs. Like 90% of people don't finish programs. And if they don't finish the programs, then they're not likely to buy from you again. If they finish your programs then they're likely to buy from you again. And so we're looking at gamifying our programs because then they're going to be likely to buy from you again. They're happier users. They're more likely to be engaged and have involved. We also want a platform where the app can um, be closed when they are like walking or running and they can still listen to it, things like that. Right. And then also still use it for like communities, things like that. Right. There's a, there's a lot of research that goes into determining all the tech to use for communities, for business. Exactly. So that's why I liked passion, but passion is very, very new. Mm. So I was like worried about it because like they said that, um, number one, they don't store any of your data. Uh, so if they you know, go belly up, then what happens to everything it's gone. And they also take a percentage of everything that you sell. Oh, wow. So I don't like that. 
Well, I'll, I'll connect you to the circle team. If you want to chat with them. Yeah, been, maybe been awesome. I'll have to always, talk to circle. Always good to explore. And explore bubble, I was also looking at bubble.io as well. Do you know anything about bubble? I don't know them. No. Okay. Bubble has like 3 million users. So I was like happy. I was like looking at that. Cause I was like, okay, there is like, that seems to have a lot of um, traction. So in your business, are you the one that spends the time researching these platforms or is this well, now something that your COO will do? Yes. <laughs> delegate, delegate, delegate. Yes. Yeah. All right, Rebecca, this is a fun segment we like to do that you're not prepped for, but I know you're good on the spot. We're going to do a few rapid fire questions. Are you ready? First thing that comes to mind. Yeah. All right. If you could learn one new skill today, what would it be? Speaking French. <laughs> ah, what is your favorite business tool or solution? I know we've mentioned a lot, but your absolute favorite. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I would have to say Slack. Yes. Can't live without Slack. How would your friends or family describe you in three words? Hmm. Hopefully warm, efficient, and mm, loving. Spoken like a true entrepreneur. Of course, efficiency in there, right? <laughs> and finally, do you have a hidden talent? Hmm. I don't know. Baking. Hmm. That's a good talent. What's your favorite thing to bake? Cupcakes. Love it. I always love a good cupcake. <laughs> All right. Back to our regular questions. Doesn't have to be one, one word now. Uh, I would love to know a little bit about what your day-to-day -day life looks like outside of work, or are you always working and connected to your phone? Um, let's see. I get up early. I do my meditation. I do write my gratitude journal. I do exercises, drink my water, take my vitamins, walk the dog. <laughs> doing, doing all the things. <laughs> How do you balance or do you balance, you know, working and building this high growth business and also, you know, being there for your husband and your family and being able to, to do other things? Yeah, I do a lot of travel. I go see my kids a lot. My grown kids all live on the East coast. So I just, I do travel a lot to go see my kids, you know, New York, Pennsylvania, Florida, that's where they all live. So I do. We're in Florida. Naples. Uh, oh, so the West well, yeah. Coast. And so, you know, my law practice is there. I mean, I don't practice anymore, but I go see my partners and my best friends are there as well. Nice. So maybe one day we'll, we'll meet in person. I'm on the, I'm on the East coast, but only you, three hours away. Where, where? Um, well, I moved to Florida, so I'm down in Palm beach gardens now. Oh, you are. Yeah. So ah, three hours yeah. away from Naples, but not too far. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I'll be there in February. We'll try to meet up. Come on over. Yay. I would love to know, is there a favorite quote or mantra of yours that defines you where you live your life by? There is one that I am loving by Rumi right now. And it says, set your life on fire. Seek those who fan your flames. I love that because it's, first of all, set your life on fire, which I love. And I also love seek those who fan your flames because I am so about making sure that the people who are in my life are people that are fanning my flames and just making sure that I'm really surrounding myself with people who are 
after having narcissists in my life, you know, like, you know, high energy people who are throwing logs on my fire. Mm -hmm. So important surrounding yourself with positive people who are going to lift you up and help you definitely the right, the right kind of people to, to be around. Right. The entrepreneurista community type of people. Exactly. Exactly. Is there something that you're most grateful for every day now in your life? Yeah. Love in my life, people in my life that are just incredible. I'm so, so grateful for the people in my life, the best people. That's so important. Yes. You need to have good people in your life. And I always say we we can't do it alone. We need great people around us who are going to be there for us and support us and help us. We can't build our businesses alone and in a room by ourselves. We need, we need people. We need great people around us to help us and and support us. So could not agree more. Any last tips you can share about negotiating with a narcissist? Oh, about negotiating with a narcissist. I would just say, you know, to slay, which is my my whole thing which is strategy leverage anticipating and focusing on you slay your negotiation and for all of those who want to get started i have a free gift which is my free crush my negotiation prep worksheet and you can get that at winmynegotiation.com it's a free ebook and it's awesome i've had people tell me they've won their entire negotiations on it which is really amazing Um, so they can just get that for free there and they can subscribe to my channel too. You know, YouTube. Winmynegotiation.com. And then what's the name of your YouTube channel that everyone can subscribe to? It's Rebecca Zung ESQ. I had to add the ESQ because when I switched it to a branded channel, they made me add that to it because okay. I my the old one had just my name, but I had to change it to ESQ when I switched it over. So yeah, so it's youtube.com forward slash Rebecca Zung ESQ. But it, it, seriously, if you put in negotiating with a narcissist, for sure, I will pop up. You will pop right up. Amazing. And my final question for you, Rebecca, is what does being an entrepreneurista mean to you? Oh, it just means connection with like-minded women who are the best. I mean, I love, love, love being surrounded by women who are up to cool things. That's my, my favorite. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your incredibly inspiring story. I know that I'm definitely going to be downloading that ebook. So thank you for sharing that with us and can't wait to continue to see all that you do next. And hopefully some of these intros will, will lead to more fun things in your, in your business and career. So thank you again, Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm Stephanie, and this is the best business meeting I've ever had. Hey, thanks for listening and leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to stay in touch with each of you. You can listen to all of our latest episodes at entrepreneurista.com and connect with us on Instagram at entrepreneurstas. We'd also love to invite you to join the Entrepreneurista League, our private membership community for trailblazing women. You can head over to entrepreneurista.com forward slash the league. We'll see you there. Wishing you a productive week ahead.